Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, is playoff Frank back for another run? Can Cincy continue to play the underdog card? And how will the Bengals exploit Mahomes' injury? Special guests include Vinny Pasquantino at 1030 and Nate Taylor at 1. Now two guys who know that win or lose, we still bake the potato. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. The baked potato idea is still on. It is still on for the game on Sunday. If you're heading out to Arrowhead, just just bring a baked potato. Stay warm. We need a hundred people to commit to that. Mm, there's many Meeting in between the first yeah. and the second quarter. Alex is one, so we only need ninety nine more. What's your mom ask, say? Can I, I ask you something? You. Why do we need it? I need things in my life to just keep me moving every day. <laughs> it's like the next thing that. to look forward to. It's like, like it gives you a reason to live. It gives, you know, knowing that a hundred people that eat, eat a baked potato between the first and the second quarter gives me like a reason to live until Sunday. Look, I got to figure it out after that. What about your family? Your kids aren't enough. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Your kids aren't enough. This is sad. That's kind of really a depressing way to start issues. the show. You have bigger <laughs> issues that I think a baked potato aren't going to be able to solve. We've already discussed the fact that this we, is a stopgap Don't solution. you remember this conversation when I said, should I be in therapy? And the answer I gave myself on the air was, yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe we should do it openly on the air. We'll get a therapist who comes in here and I'll do the regular therapy no, session. But while everyone is no. here. Start exploring, you know, childhood trauma. No, Cody. You want to do that? Just go do therapy on your own. We don't need to be a part of that. We don't need to be privy to that information. That's between you and your therapist. But you want to be live streaming your therapy? That would be really weird. Really weird. Be a first. I think that would defeat the purpose kind of of the the therapy if it was live streamed to everybody. You couldn't be as vulnerable, I feel like. No, I would be equal. I'm vulnerable on this show all the time. No, I only want you to do therapy so you can get better. (laughs) I don't want you to do therapy for content's sake. We are worried about you. Have we not made that clear enough? Making it clear now. <laughs> uh, looking forward to Vinny Pasquantino joining us here in about 30 minutes, our NFL insider. He was in Buffalo. He saw Cincinnati firsthand. We'll get a Vinny Pasquantino scouting report on the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, rumor is he might be might be heading to Kansas City this weekend as well. He might be. I don't just going to go to the Super Bowl, too, in a couple weeks. This guy has been to so many football games and so many stadiums this year. It's incredible. He's got a few well, months. He's, he's got a few job. weeks left. And I would, uh, he's he, doing his job. He is. He's our NFL insider. He's living life. Why not? It's it's still baseball offseason. They'll be heading to Arizona for spring training anyway. He might as well go to the Super Bowl. I think it was very smart of our show to invest a budget in sending Vinny to all of these venues. You know, it was important that we get him first. Wait a minute. Oh, wow. You telling me we've been funding yeah. Vinny's offseason? I'm in charge of the show. He's account. a major league baseball player. And you've been paying for his flights? I think it's nice that he's been on site. Boots on the ground.
The amount of things that you do without any real yeah. reason behind them is shocking. Is it concerning? Yeah. And we're paying for it. We're funding your little pet projects. Cody did tell me real quick. He did tell me, though, that he was keeping an eye on it because, you know, it's tax filing season starting like today. Essentially, I think IRS opened up accepting refunds or uh, returns. And uh, like I said, Cody's on his own for that. He's one. He wanted control of the show fund. He can handle the tax implications. I did receive a 1099 for the shirts that we sold on this show, which oh, yeah? you guys like to chip in a nope. little bit. Just a Venmo for my of you guys. You got it. That's all you, man. 15, 20 bucks. It'd be That's great. Honestly, we'll, you. we'll find a way to screw it up. You should just handle it. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. That is all you, man. Sure. Not just like a little kick in. It'd be nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Doesn't sound like Gold, I'm good go ahead, and, go ahead and get us started today. I, I will because I think we look at Cincinnati and we know there's been the three straight wins, of course, for them. But they've all been by three points in the margin, and the Chiefs have had have had leads, not you know, like double digit leads, as a matter of fact, in those games in particular. And so you're just trying to go through and figure out right, what what has actually changed as the game has gone on in those matchups, and other than you know getting sacks or not getting them. I think the one thing that's been consistent, at least it, it certainly cropped up uh, in the last game in the regular season this year, which was what, what we were concerned about against any opponent this year, really, which was this team's inability to protect the football, the regular season matchup. It was a turnover. It was a uh, Travis Kelsey rare fumble. They're up by four. They have the ball with seven minutes or so to go. They're moving it down the field. The chiefs are going to win that football game. There's not a fumble. And so even more than some of the other things that we can discuss as we already have and will continue as the week goes on, I think it is the blown leads coming down to the turnovers. I think that it's two things that say, I'm I'm not saying the turnovers aren't mattering because obviously that's how they lost the last one, but I went back through each of the last three games to figure out if there was at least one common denominator. And to me, there were two things that stood out. One, Kansas city straight up can't score in the fourth quarter against Cincinnati And in most cases, can't score in the second half. In the most recent game, they actually scored in the second half. They scored 14 third-quarter points, which gave them the lead, gave them the advantage, but then offense went away, and they never scored again. We know how bad they played in the AFC title game in the second half offensively because they had a huge lead at half in that one. I can't get over the fact that they continuously blow big leads against this team. And, And part of me thinks... As much as Peyton Manning says halftime adjustments don't matter, are right now their biggest problem is Cincinnati's a better second half team than them. More consistently, way more consistently than they are. They're getting outscored by four touchdowns in the combined in these three games in the second half. Like, even go back, it's weird because, like, even in the games where Cincinnati didn't score a lot in the AFC Championship game last year, you might think that Cincinnati just scored, 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 right? No, they scored six. They, are, they scored three points in overtime and six, or three in overtime and three in the fourth quarter. Six points in the final two quarters of that game. Because remember, overtime kind of took a while. But when you're, you're like, what, that's it? In the third quarter, they scored 11. The Chiefs scored zero, three, and zero in those final three possessions over the course of the third, fourth quarter in overtime. To me, that's the biggest issue. They are continuously having a plan that is forcing you into bad decision-making in the second half of these games. But I also just think that it's, I don't know that there's enough sample size to say it's just going to happen four times in a row. Kansas City's going to get a double-digit lead again in the fourth game in a row and blow it again <laughs> for the fourth time in a row? I also would argue this year it's it's probably more challenging anyway to get the the early lead on Cincinnati than the past. They put up the stat during the broadcast in the Bills' 
uh, and Cincy game on Sunday, which is how good in the last four games, but even the season Cincinnati has been in the first quarter. You know, they heading into that Buffalo game, I think it was like 35 to nothing in the first quarter or something like that against some of their opponents. They have yeah. been dominant in the first quarter, half since the, Not against over the, the last four, four weeks. Yeah, over um, the last four weeks. Now, sure. for the entire season, if you extrapolate it out, Cincinnati is the second best team in football this year. In first quarter points. Now, Kansas City's fifth, so they're not, you know, they're, it's not exactly like they're bad in the first quarter, but Kansas City, 5.6 points per game in the first quarter this year, and Cincinnati, 6.2. They're right behind, I run it, the Detroit Lions, actually, were the best first quarter scoring team in football this year at 6.3, but Cincinnati was the second best team in the first quarter. So it's kind of the opposite of what, what has happened in these matchups. Typically, it has been the big lead early for Kansas City, going back to at least the AFC title game. And this season, it would tell you that Cincinnati, it's actually the, the, the first quarter is the quarter to watch for them as well because that's a team that has been dominant so far in the last three, four games. Chiefs scored 14 first quarter points this year on them. 28 mm-hmm. first half points. Do you remember how many they scored in the second half? Three. Three. Like, it's the, it's illogical that this continues to happen. It defies, or sorry, that was the, the regular season last year. It defies logic that they would continue to do this to teams. That they would continue to, because the Chiefs, this is actually something we credit Andy Reid for, is they, you know, they do a really good job of keeping a lead. And though, even though it's ugly sometimes, Gold, we're like smashing the table, we're mad, we're watching the game, we're like, Andy, what are you doing? They win those games. Like, sometimes they feel like they get too close, but they win them. Maybe it's just that Joe Burrow's too good. You got to learn your lesson that you can't just get on a lead and try to sit down and comfortably wait for Cincinnati to blow it. You can't be up 10, 11, 12, 17 points, which they've been up in all three of these games, double digits, and just wait for, you know, to grind out the win because Burrow will erase it very quickly. Do you think the difference, if they're actually willing to lean on it, the difference from last year in the SC title game as well is perhaps a little bit more trust in the running game. I know this has been an ongoing issue we've discussed time and time again. You can still keep your foot on the gas but also rely on the running game a little bit. And Are, are you able to do that in this quarter? Now, I'll be honest. Uh, despite the history and what you've laid out for me of how these games have gone, I, I do find it extremely hard to believe that on Sunday uh, that the Chiefs are going to have a double-digit lead on Cincinnati. I find it hard to believe that either team is going to have a double-digit lead on the other at any point in the game on Sunday. I, I, I just don't believe that will be the case, considering uh, the familiarity of both these teams, considering how well Cincinnati had been playing uh, prior in, in, in these big games, frankly. I mean, in these big games, you know that as much as we talk about Patrick Mahomes not being uh, phased by big moments and, and big games, Joe Burrow certainly is not either, right? I mean, Joe Burrow sure. has come into Arrowhead and, and beat you in the biggest game at the time of the season other than the Super Bowl. And so I don't think they're, uh, you know, certainly not only not afraid of you as the opponent, they're certainly not afraid of coming into Arrowhead on, on Sunday. No, I, I said yesterday, and I think that still applies. They are the only team in the NFL who doesn't fear you. Like They don't – everyone else, like, looks up to you or thinks, how are we going to get past the Chiefs? or plan their off-seasons around it. The entire AFC West, the Buffalo Bills, they all plan their off-season about how they were going to get past the Chiefs. The team that stood in their way, most right. But since he doesn't have to feel that way. Now, they've only played each other one time in the postseason. So we still have a very limited sample size of – what to expect in those games, playoff games. But it's like the turnovers, right? You mentioned that that's the reason they lost the last one. Yeah, sure. And Mahomes threw a couple of picks in one of the other games. But in the third game, they lost by three. He didn't turn it over once. Joe Burrow just destroyed them in the Jamar Chase regular season game last year when he went for 300 yards and nine scores or whatever the hell it was against Charvarius Ward. I think there's, again, the 
I had mentioned the one thing that stands in common is they continue to blow second half leads and they can't score in the second half, but they also have not done anything to really slow Joe Burrow down. I feel like I'm not a big, like, let's just blame Spags for everything guy, but I don't think Spags has had a good plan against Burrow yet. Whatever the plans are, he's coming up going into those games. They're not working. The first game when it was, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to let Charverius Ward go one-on-one against Jamar Chase, and one of those won't hit. Wrong. They will. They will all hit, and they all hit. And then the second game, it was the same thing. They laid back, and Joe Burrow picked him apart. In the third game, Joe Burrow completed 25 of his 31 passes. He was surgical. He didn't have some gaudy numbers that put it up there. They just moved the field all the time. He's like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do what they do to us. We're going to let him go all the way down the field, and we're going to let him beat him apart. And maybe there is no good plan against Burrow. But certainly other teams have done a better job slowing him down. The Chiefs might have done the worst job in the NFL over that time. No question. And this is where you hope that adjustments continue. Like, you know, it's I don't buy in ever to like, well, it just is, it, it's been too long. It just has to happen. Or some, so-and-so as a football team as a whole is just do. Like, you can't, you know, you, you can't beat a team a, a fourth time. I, w- I, I was saying the same thing. Like, you can't beat a team a third straight time. And, and Cincinnati's beat the Chiefs three straight times. So, like, there's plenty of logical reasons why Kansas City, uh, can uh, win this game. And by the way, the line keeps on moving. We'll get to that in a second in favor of Cincinnati. But like the, the notion of like, well, it's just hard to beat someone four straight times. Like I thought it was really hard to beat someone three straight times as well. So like that, that cannot be like your one thing you're just leaning in on. I know you're not, but I'm just saying in general, it can't just be that. Well, at some point they've got to beat them. No, like each game is each game is its own separate entity. There is nothing that requires. There, there's nothing Zach that, Taylor said we just got to beat him one time in a like, row. Yeah, he tried there, to there, do the coach speak. Well, I mean it's true though, right? I mean there's there's nothing that requires like once you well if you won if you won seven times in a row you have to lose. No, no, you actually have the same. It's like it's it's like if you're playing roulette or whatever, right? It, it doesn't black fourteen times in a row doesn't mean people, it's not going to be red next time. Yeah, like people, that means it's not going to be black again. People will see on the board like yeah. it's been black ten times in a row, like. No, there's nothing that says it has to be red the next spin. Like it's the same odds every spin. Like it's it doesn't change. You know that's how people lose a ton of money playing roulette. But like the point being, I do like to bet that way. Though, I, you're not alone. We all do it. But like the I point, actually like to bet with it. It's like ten black in a row. I'm like let's just stick with it. I just look this this game on Sunday. You do wonder what what's the adjustment in particular from Spags? Like does does he have a better defense to work with? On Sunday, Cody, than he's had in any of the other prior matchups? Yeah, I really believe that. Don't you? I mean, looking at the experience that some of the young guys have gained since then, Karloftis was not playing at the level he is now. Nowhere close, yeah. At that at that point in time. Obviously, Chris Jones, we can go back to it. Like, if there was ever a time, I said it last week, but truly this game, ever a time to get your first playoff career sack. Like, can can the Chiefs win on Sunday? It sounds really weird to just dumb it down to one player, but can the Chiefs win on Sunday if, if if we're still talking on Monday and Chris Jones does not have a playoff sack? Yes, but only because <laughs> playoff Frank exists now. Okay, so. okay, right, because he's playing. Somebody's going to have to get a sack. It doesn't <laughs> have to be Chris Jones. It's crazy what he continues. Right, Frank Clark is tied for fourth all-time in postseason sacks in NFL history. <laughs> That's a real thing. With Reggie uh, White. With, with the great Reggie White. A Hall of Famer, Reggie White. And less games, too, by the way. <laughs> Let's playoff games. Yeah, it's not even like he's played more. A few less playoff games, which makes it weird. I I guess I'm just supposed to accept, by the way, the other three people on that list are Terrell Suggs, Bruce Smith, and Willie McGinnis. And Willie McGinnis played in the postseason for like, oh, I don't know, two decades straight? These are all, roughly. Hall, of, these are like all Hall of Famers, with the exception of Suggs. Like We're talking about Willie McGinnis and Bruce Smith and Reggie White. Every other person in the top ten on that list will be a Hall of Famer, I'm pretty sure. The top 10 are Clay Matthews, James Harrison, Charles Haley, who is a Hall of Famer, Dwight Freeney, Reggie White, Terrell Suggs, Bruce Smith, and Willie McGinnis. Those are all Hall of Famers. 
Frank Clark, by the way, this you can. This is the the Terrell Davis thing. Just so you know, Frank Clark is going to end with like 100 sacks, 120 career sacks, and he will be fourth all time in playoff sacks. Frank Clark might end up a Hall of Famer. I guess what I hadn't planned on last year, you who were maybe the biggest scream at the rooftop of this entire show of playoff Frank is a thing and we have to believe it's a thing. Yeah. And I don't care what he does in the regular season, just as long as he shows up in the postseason. We had a funeral for him last year. Playoff Frank had died. Oh no. You wanna you wanna Oh no. There's breaking news into Cody and Gold. The refereeing crew for the Super Bowl has been announced. The head referee will be Carl. Sheffers. So it turns out footballzebras.com knows what they're talking about. Remember that yesterday? You told me that he wouldn't get it two times in three years, Gold. No, I didn't think That's so. what you told me. I told you yesterday. You promised me I this. Did, I did promise you. And Damn I, it. I told you yesterday. It's the worst news. I hope they lose to Cincinnati oh, now. Oh, Nobody oh, even wants this oh, game. This is the oh. worst. Please save that. Say Please, that again? Yeah, can you Obviously, say I don't mean that. I'm just mad about Sheffers. So it is official. Footballzebras.com was correct yesterday. That uh, Carl Jeffers is going to be the official in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What the hell are we supposed I'd to do? I'd rather him officiate the Super Bowl than this game on Sunday. I'll tell you that. Why? What's, it's bad either way, man. Uh, nope, nope. I'd rather him. I'd rather him officiate a neutral site football game than one at than one at Arrowhead. Carl Jeffers is the worst. Of course he is. I still stand by that. If he referees, as Nick pointed out yesterday, a perfect Super Bowl game in which the Chiefs win, we can write him nice letters or something. But I, I've told you, and I, I, Nick will, and I think a lot of people out of me disagree. They don't like. He has. I would not say this, but any other referee or umpire in any other sport, he has a vendetta. It is very obvious he has a vendetta. He calls Chiefs games differently. It's obvious based on that he calls them differently. He cried at Arrowhead earlier this season. That does not seem like the kind of guy I want refereeing a Chiefs Super Bowl game. There's no foul in the play for a block in the back. Timeout. That guy will be your official for the Super Bowl in Arizona. Cody, I have a question for you, and please don't interrupt me. Let me get to the end of the question. I'm just curious. <laughs> who do you want to see win the game between the Chiefs and the Bengals on I Sunday? I they lose to Cincinnati oh, now. Okay. I asked wow. you politely not to interrupt me. Mm-hmm. You got that so quick. And you interrupted me just to tell me that you're rooting for Cincinnati to win. I'm obviously rooting for the Chiefs to win this game. So I hope they lose to Cincinnati. You can't just play it over. I can't. You said it. it. We didn't make you say it. The audio is not doctored. I just don't. Maybe choose your words a little more deliberately. I don't want Carl. How, by the way, I don't understand how just general uh, policing or quality control works amongst NFL referees. But can one person who works for the NFL offices explain to me, having watched Carl Sheffers referee many games, mm-hmm. can one person in the NFL office help me understand that he's your best? Uh, this is your best referee? This is the most damning indictment on NFL officiating of all time. He's the best one you have. You have a million of them. That guy, he does the best job? Somehow he is Impossible. Great. Somehow There's just he, no way. Somehow he's graded out high, to, high enough. It's unbelievable. Somehow he is graded out high enough that the NFL, just two years after officiating a Super Bowl, is getting an, another Super Bowl. That, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I'll be angrier once we get 
to a point where it actually impacts the Chiefs. You know, like it's hard for me to be as fired up as you are today. I think he should recuse it, himself. Like a judge who has a Chiefs, personal the, the, bias. The, the Chiefs have to win on Sunday first for me to really ups, get upset about who's officiating the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't like that it's Carl Jeffers, but like I big, bigger fish to fry here on, on Sunday afternoon before we get to Carl Jeffers, uh, Jeffers and, and have two weeks to to crap on Carl. You know? I think it's like a judge with a bias. That, you're not going to care that he's the official if the Chiefs aren't in the game. So I'll wait until I know the Chiefs are in the game for me to freak out. But I don't like it either. <laughs> but I don't like it either. <laughs> Cody C., on the other hand, subscribes to the notion of just freaking out at any possible moment. And You know, you guys could deal with more emotion in your life. I think I have plenty of emotion. I Car- don't think Carl's so. Carl's emotional. You're dead inside. I Everybody knows it. Or block in the back. See, you, your idea of emotion is outrage at all times mm, that's not true i think you need to rein in your emotions a little more <laughs> control the matter i hope they lose to cincinnati oh, now i mean that was an emotional you said it's it an emotional an emo- response it, very emotional do you regret want- that emotional response i don't think i actually meant it i, I just want I, I don't want to watch carl sheffer's referee mm, a game in which we, the chiefs are in the super bowl we might have made kansas city sports radio history today on the show I don't know, out of all the radio hosts in this city that have ever hosted Sports Talk on any of the stations in this town, I don't know if a host has ever said, they may have said they think the Chiefs will lose. Right, we certainly right. predicted yeah. the Chiefs will yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard a sports radio host ever say he hopes the Chiefs will lose. Yeah. But that, uh, I would bet when teams are really bad, I bet they hope that when they were going for the number one overall pick. Probably okay, not well, that, context, that context is a lot different. Yeah, I would say so. I'm just saying I don't think that's the first a shot radio at the host Super Bowl, ever said A it. shot at the Super Bowl on the line. And you are actively rooting for the Bengals to win. Okay. You guys don't have to be jerks about it. Obviously, I was saying that over my reaction to Carl Sheffers. And, yes, for those asking on the text line, yes, it's 100% official. It's not just yeah, a report. That's the, the NFL, NFL officiating has announced account. that Carl Sheffers is going to be the official in Arizona for the Super Bowl. And he, this will be his third Super Bowl. Is that right? I believe this is his third Super Bowl he gets to officiate. Somebody thinks he's doing a hell of a job. He I don't did the know one the against the is. Chiefs in Tampa Bay. And did another one, too. I don't know which uh, one it was, but I believe this is his third Super Bowl. I really, f- again. What do you think of the replay official, Mark Butterworth? Are you a big fan of his? Mark Butterworth? Uh, is that a real name? That's his real name, Mark <laughs> Butterworth, man. That's a hell of a name. Big fan. Big fan of Mark Butterworth. Excellent job, right? Is there a relation to Mrs. Butterworth? Is that a? Is there a relation there? Is that what's uh, going on? It's, I think, a second nephew. Okay. Makes sense. Man, he has to work? Didn't just get that, like, trust fund money? The Butterworth money? It's not, man. Yeah, Mrs. Butterworth. I mean, talk about it, an American icon. That's right. <laughs> Mrs. Butterworth, Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben. One's got to go. Well, that's, By the way, that, that a lot not, of them have already gone. Yeah, the, uh, the, they changed them. It's not Aunt, it's, it's not Aunt Jemima anymore. The it's also not Uncle Ben. Yeah, they've changed. They got rid of those. Remember remember oh, yeah, that Aunt Jemima a, was that, going after the company, right? They are going after No, Well, we don't need to go down this road, but there was, <laughs> I some, don't think, there was some controversy there wasn't with enough the name. Kickbacks. There was some controversy with the name and all that, and yeah. You well, know what I saw. Mrs. Butterworth is already the last woman standing in your argument. All right, well. Well, what's controversial about to argue Mrs. Then. Butterworth? I mean, come on. There's nothing controversial You know, there. someone turned into this show at this exact moment. <laughs> they would be very confused <laughs> about the conversation we were well, having. Well, to be fair, we were... Uh, screaming at people to bring baked potatoes to the game yesterday. So this is sort of on par. This is on brand for yeah, us. This is kind of what we do. Now I'd like I'd like 100 people with baked potatoes and another 100 people chugging bottles of Mrs. Butterworth. I mean, that on one's Sunday. a leap to try and explain to anyone. <laughs> yeah, the replay official. To honor the replay official? 
Have you guys, have you guys <laughs> seen, though, we, we continue to see line movement for this game. The Chiefs at a couple different spots now are now two, if not two and a half point underdogs. So C- Cincinnati cannot claim they are the, the underdogs. Like, literally, they are not the underdogs. Like, it's not even that is actually just factually inaccurate. Cincinnati, you are not the underdogs on Sunday. I love it, by the way. I love the Chiefs being a home dog. How often, How often do you get to bet that? The, the answer is Patrick Mahomes only twice. This will be the second time ever where Mahomes is an underdog at home. He's just not. He was did he a, win that other game? At Buffalo, he lost. That was this year. Hmm, yeah. That's unfortunate. He did lose that one. He's uh, He's been an underdog in eight games in his career. He's six, one and one against the spread and five and three straight up. Now, he also wasn't hurt in those games. I mean, we, he's, he's dealing with an ankle injury, as we all know, throughout this week. But the Chiefs are officially underdogs. And that's, you know, that is. That's got to be why, change. though, right? Of course. And Mahomes is 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. If his ankle is fine and nobody's worried about it and there's not questions mm-hmm. to Andy about it, then he is for sure a favorite in this game. I think that line movement to me is about, obviously, public money, which we know is all flooding in towards Cincinnati. Right. I think it's an overreaction to Cincinnati kicking Buffalo's ass and Patrick Mahomes' ankle. It's those two things that are driving this line four or five points away. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if Mahomes did have the ankle injury, I think the Chiefs would still only be one one point favorites, one and a half point, like right now, not where it opened up. And it opened up at three, and then it obviously moved in the opposite direction. Like, I don't know if we'll get to a three on the board. I mean, if the Chiefs end up being three point home dogs, I absolutely love the number at that point. I don't know if we'll see a three on the board, though. Two and a half is some, a number that you never would have expected to see in an AFC title game involving Mahomes. But it's all. You just got to set an alert that, so that when like, the second it's three, you, you can bet you, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, it's clearly the injury. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, the thought that is there a chance that Mahomes starts and then he re aggravates it? And then we're talking about Chad Henney for a half. You know, I think that's that's part of the thought process with it. Stuff that we hope doesn't happen. Um, but it is pretty wild to see an AFC title game where the Chiefs are a home dog. But I kind of like it. I like being the underdog. How often in the Mahomes era, I just told you only eight times now, but like how often are you going to really ever be able to, in, in a playoff game, talk about the best quarterback in the league being a dog? And I understand he's hurt, but still, that's just. On the team with the number one record in yeah, the NFL? It's it's pretty wild. I I'll, I think Chiefs fans should embrace uh, the the underdog role on on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, I guess it'll be at Arrowhead. Like you're not supposed to win, Kansas City. You hear that? Yeah, you're not supposed to win. It is Cincinnati's supposed to win this game. Everybody thinks Cincinnati's winning. I love it. I'm not saying it's easy um, to because teams play underdog all the time, even when they're not. Don't you remember when Julian Edelman had shirts made to be like they don't believe in us? And you're like, you guys have like five Super Bowl rings, man. Just like literally nobody is buying this. That that was like the Patriots tried it once. Well, you're an actual underdog. You are a betting underdog. And I know it's taboo. Like, Patrick Mahomes is not going to step to the podium and say, Vegas thinks we're an underdog. Teams, players, coaches, they don't talk about Vegas spreads like that in a public setting. But I imagine if you're Andy Reid, you walk into that door and they'd be like, there you go. This is what the rest of the country thinks about you. You played a, a slightly more contested game than they did against a worse opponent. And now... You know, the public all thinks you're losing to Cincinnati because you lost to him three times in a row because they're worried about Mahomes' ankle. Let's prove them all wrong. It's not often the Chiefs get that rally. It's, it's not. And, like, we'll all be thrilled and happy if they win on Sunday anyway. But is anybody else just picturing in, in their head a little bit what post-game Frank Clark interview would sound like if the Chiefs win as – Home dogs, like we all heard Frank Clark after they won the AFC title. He was game. good before this last yeah, game. Yeah, but we we all remember two years ago, the year the Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl, AFC post AFC title game. Frank Clark and that amazing, I think Fesco was on the field interviewing him, if I'm not mistaken. Like it was a great interview, and Frank was saying whatever the hell was on his mind. 
that in my mind, I hope we get it. I hope we get to hear that again, because you know, that's the type, that's the type of post-game interview you would get from Frank, because all this kind of stuff uh, is they won't ever say, as you said, publicly leading up to the game, because they're going to, they're going to be keeping their mouth shut. Uh, the chiefs will heading into this game. I, I, I believe that. Uh, we'll talk more about that. But coming up next, how about our NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino? He was in Buffalo. He saw Joe Burrow and company firsthand. We'll get his thoughts on Cincy and the Chiefs on Sunday. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Now, joining Cody and Gold. Hey, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning, let me tell you that. It's your 2022 VinFL Insider. Are his hands going to get any bigger? Royals first baseman, Vinny Pasquantino. As a uh, potential future Chiefs fan, we hate the Broncos. All right, Vinny Pasquantino is joining us. First of all, though, I think there were some Chiefs fans that were a little concerned, Vinny, when they saw on your Twitter feed you were in Buffalo. You were at the Bills Stadium were you a neutral observer, or was there some rooting interest there? I was a neutral observer. Yeah, I've never seen the Kansas City people turn on me so quick. You know, <laughs> I figured at some point it was probably coming, but I just didn't know it'd be that quick. Uh, our good friend Bobby Witt, he posted that he was in KC with a pin next to it, and I texted him. I said, "Watch this," um, and I tweeted that I was in Buffalo, and very quickly uh, my feed turned very negative on me quickly. Um, but, yeah, that happened. But I was just there scouting. That's all I was doing. Is there on a business trip? Um, you know, got to see a football game, watch the Cincinnati Bengals punch their ticket to the uh, to the Geha Field Invitational. I know that you are, you know, you're going to grind the tape later in the week, so certainly we can get some more analysis there. But what was your initial scouting impression of Cincinnati? Of Cincinnati is just that they were a more physical ball club in the snow than the Buffalo the Bills were. I would say that. Don Miller not playing for the Bills, that's where it made its impact was that game right there. Nobody could uh, – now, again, remember when you're at games, you, it's hard to get the stats because they're not just forced down your throat all the time. But uh, I don't remember Joe Burrow ever even getting touched. So um, you're going to need to get to the quarterback if you want to beat the Bengals. That is a fact. Same, same goes for if you want to beat the Chiefs. You, uh, you were there with – what, Ryan Fitzpatrick was there? Uh, who else were you sitting by, and how was the interaction with Fitzmagic? Yeah, so Ryan Fitzpatrick was sitting five rows behind me or so, and I get a text from Chris Rose, and he says, hey, go take a picture with Fitzpatrick. It's like, uh, <laughs> say no more. Uh, will do. And so I did. That was it. I, I literally fanboyed about as hard as you possibly can. I, I just went up there. I said, hey, Ryan, uh, my name's Vinny. Chris Rose told me to come take a picture with you. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And that was it. <laughs> uh, How did Chris so, Rose know that you guys were five rows apart? Uh, well, so this is where it gets a little hazy. Either somebody told Chris that he was there or I told Chris he was there. I cannot remember. Um, it was snowing, you know. So, yeah, it was snowing. It was, uh, you know, you know how it goes. When we're talking about the NFC side, before we talk about the Chiefs thing, we've got the Eagles and, of course, the 49ers is Mr. Irrelevant story going to continue? How are you feeling about the NFC title game? Oh, God, both those teams are just so good, but going to the link is so hard. It's such a good place to have your home field being. Um, 
I like the Eagles, I think. Last week, I kind of liked the Giants against the Eagles, but after seeing the Eagles just dominate that game, it you know, I, I, I'll just say it. I'm biased on a weekly basis. You know, I don't look at the long term. I look at the right <laughs> in front of me, and right in front of me is the Eagles were unbelievable on Sunday to the point where it was just kind of a boring playoff game. That's a good spot as a franchise when you're playing boring playoff football games. It's so rare that you're talking about just like these blow, especially in divisional round games. I feel like they're supposed to be ugly. Like the 49ers Cowboys one was. Yeah. Especially coming off of a few weeks off for the Eagles. I mean, it's not easy to come off a bye and just get right back in there and uh, have everything firing on all cylinders, especially with a team that was as hot as the giants. Now, I mean, they did play the Texans, the Colts, the Vikings, like not that the Vikings weren't good, but every team that they beat this year is no longer in the playoffs. Um, so that's tough for them. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I have a, it's going to be a weird uniform matchup seeing the chiefs and the Eagles play <laughs> each other in the Super Bowl. Where's the Kelsey that? brothers. Yeah. The Kelsey brothers. That's a big one. Um, they're going to have to record a podcast live from the Super Bowl. I think, I think that's the only way they can really do that. We're talking to uh, our vet NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino here on, on Cody and gold. What did you make of what the chiefs looked like against the Jags? Cause we know the, the huge story coming out of that is the, the health of Patrick Mahomes, that ankle you're, you're a professional athlete. I don't know what the worst injury is that you've had, but this, this high ankle sprain sounds like a big pain in the ass for Mahomes for Sunday. Yeah, that's bad news. Um, I think he'll be all right. Uh, it, it seems to be an injury that he's had success coming back from before, which is good. Obviously we don't know the exact grade of it. At least I don't, you guys might, but uh, I think he'll be all right and he'll play. But I mean, it, to be honest, if, if something were to happen and he couldn't go, at least Chad Henney got a little bit of work, I suppose. He was able to play in a game, but let's just not even think about that. 15 is going to be out there this weekend. He's going to be firing on all cylinders, and it's going to be it's going to be a good one. Yeah, Vinny, I don't know if you, you – obviously you're very busy, so I, I assume you didn't catch the first segment of the show. Nick, I don't know if you have it, but uh, Cody already uh, has upset everybody in Kansas That's City. That's not true, Vinny. Listen, they're playing this out of context. Listen to what Cody had to say a few minutes ago. So I hope they lose to Cincinnati oh, now. Oh. Okay, so look, I was yelling into the microphone at the time, Vinny, because I didn't like the referee for the Super Bowl game. Yeah, well, that's, you know, see, that's that's where being a Chiefs fan is just fantastic because you can worry about who's refereeing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, just just speaking from who, who I personally like, um, other than the Chiefs, I could not care less who was refereeing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> just get me there. Just get me there, you know? Just experience it. it. You guys have done a nice job of building a team that, you know, is just a consistent winner. So I suppose you have that right to feel that way. What do you think? I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say from, from like a, from an actual play perspective, like playing through an injury like that, can you just, you know, for one game, ignore the pain. If it, if it's, you know, fifth, three, you know, four, 15 minute quarters, any of that can Mahomes really just play through it. If he's not worried about it. I think when the game starts, yes, but as the game wears on and things get a little bit more physical, depending on what the weather's like, how, how, how long, like if you're Cincinnati, not that they necessarily need to play like this, but if you can somehow get like an eight, 10 minute drive going, all of a sudden Mahomes isn't on the field. He's not moving around. He's just moving around on the sidelines. There's a fire truck going by me right now. <laughs> well, we hear um, so oh, I hope yeah. everybody's okay. Yeah. I hope everybody's okay where that's gone. But, yeah, hopefully, you know, if you're the Chiefs, you want to have the ball, you want to control possession a little bit um, and just kind of keep him moving around. And, you know, 87 is going to get open. You know that. So just find him, see where he's at. Just hit him. He'll go for 20, 25 yards and just hand it off. I mean, between McKinnon and Pacheco, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good duo you got there that's just going to find the end zone. 
Vinny, I know you were boots on the ground in Buffalo. Can you confirm or deny that you will be attending this week's AFC Championship game in Kansas City? Once I get an email officially confirming my tickets, yes, yes, I can 100% confirm. Flights have been purchased. Hotel is getting looked at today. Now I'm trying to find out where I'm going to hang out with the people before the game and tailgate. So oh, that's, I don't that's, think you know, you'll have an issue finding a tailgate to welcome uh, to welcome you in. So, so that's my plan. So, if anybody out there is listening to this and you know you got a spot, just let me know. Um, I've got a you know I've got a few things working, and we're going to see. I'm excited to get in the building and feel Arrowhead on. Uh, on Sunday night, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. Did you get a feel from that from Michael Massey or MJ Melendez? They came in town and were at the game on Saturday. Did they tell you what the atmosphere was like? To be honest, I've called Michael like probably five six times and he hasn't answered. So wow, uh, but you're not blocked. You guys aren't read. blocked anymore, right? I mean, you, no, you don't no, have I, him blocked he, anymore. He texted me back this morning because I texted him last night and I said, "Why are you the hardest person to reach?" And then I said, "I have other sources that say that you're impossible to reach." And then he started naming people that were not in my source book. So he's just, <laughs> he's just sourcing himself out, which is really funny. Now, I don't know if you, if you know, there's actually a listener of our show that sounds really similar to you. He actually called in on, on Friday. I think it was Chris in Overland Park. I don't know if you guys are related or anything, but you guys heard sound guy. really. He sounds, he sounds unbelievable. Sounds really smart. Uh, I'm going to try to find to make him whole and uh, get him a t-shirt or something, you know? Yeah. Maybe Chris is tailgating. Maybe you can tailgate with Chris on Sunday at the game. Yeah. I'll probably, I'll, I'll just send out a tweet looking for Chris, see where he's going to be at and try to find him. You know, I just want to, I just want to be with the people this weekend and then go watch the chiefs punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. And then I want to come to the Royals rally the next weekend and see all the people coming to see us. You know, I want, but I want them to be wearing red. I think when they come to the Royals rally, because, because in that case, that means the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I love it. Yeah, that, that rally sold out quick, too. We were talking to some people on Friday. I know people are fired up for that. We'll have a chance maybe next week or so to, to talk to you a little bit more about that. Well, hopefully everything works out. You make it to, to KC on Sunday, and we already have people texting in saying, Lot J, Vinny, Lot J, they're ready for you. <laughs> All right, I'm fired up. About, oh, oh, I need to get, at some point this weekend, I need to get my fiance Ryan. She's coming with me. I need to get her some Chiefs gear. So where do you guys recommend? Oh, rally Team House. Four, rally House. Rally House. Rally House, got it. We're gonna we're gonna make our way there on Sunday and get her get her something fired up. Get her get her a Kelsey jersey, baby. You know, is that the jersey? Is that is that that's who she likes? Uh, No, not necessarily. (laughs) But I mean, who doesn't like Travis Kelsey? I'll be wearing my Nick Allegretti jersey. That's coming in today. I got official confirmation that will be here today. So I'm gonna get that. And then we're going to go get her a jersey, too, and we're going to make it a special weekend. Love it, man. Uh, Enjoy KC this weekend at at Arrowhead, and we'll we'll check in next week. Yep, appreciate it, guys. There you go. Vinny Pasquantino, he's going to be at Arrowhead on Sunday as long as everything gets solidified. And, uh, yeah, I don't think he'll have any problem. If he sends out a tweet on Sunday afternoon and says, hey, where's the tailgate at? Something tells me, guys, he will will have plenty of invites, plenty of free food, free booze, whatever he wants. My my guess is hit him up on Twitter. Let him know he really is planning on going to the game. So he wants a place to tailgate. He wants the full Arrowhead experience. Oh, yeah, he'll have no problem with that. It's going to be the atmosphere. I mean, it's going to be maybe a little snowy. It's going to be cold. Uh, he's going to get the full Arrowhead, you know, biggest home game you can ever have. It's an AFC title game. So, yeah, it's a, that's not bad for your first Chiefs game. Is it game, supposed Benny. to snow? It is. Yeah, as you know, it'll change. So it's going to snow today or tonight till noon tomorrow. And then there's a chance of snow like 40% as of right now on Sunday. And it's going to be, you know, by the time it kickoffs at 530. So, you know, it might be 12 degrees by the time we get to the third quarter or so of, of that football game. It's going to be a nice, nice football football weather. Does feel right. Although Cincinnati played pretty well in that football weather. Yeah, it turns out they can week, play so. in snow. So can the Chiefs, though. So can the Chiefs. I'm just worried more on the footing of the snow with Mahomes' ankle. Like, if you're asking, like, who do I think, you know, that you, you got a bad ankle, and then you're going to have maybe slippery conditions. I don't like that.
I that part of it, like the ankle injury part of it, concerns me. But I don't know. We haven't got any kind of update. Like Vinny's like, maybe you guys know the grade. I'm like, no. Andy Boy, very you know, specifically. No, Andy's not sharing that. Got asked what grade the ankle sprain is, and he would not answer the question because. Truthfully, this is one of the few times you're trying to gain an advantage. If Cincinnati knows the exact grade, they can make a determination on how they're going to play you, and that's what they're trying to avoid. Giving you, like, the... Now, I would just presume something's... You know, there, there's a problem there, and then we'll play them that way. And that leads to, like, wh- how do the Chiefs handle it? Because their defensive coordinator has done as good of a job against top-end quarterbacks than anyone else in the NFL. And if I'm Cincinnati, I'm going to dare him to run. And I know that that is a weird thing to say about Patrick Mahomes, who has made more happen with his legs in the last couple of postseasons than even running quarterbacks do during that time. But you got to dare him to run. Leave stuff open in the middle. Test him. Make him go outside. Risk him becoming a runner. Risk him getting hit. Risk the ankle not feeling good if he has to run. Turn him into that kind of quarterback. Flush him out of the pocket. Tempt him to run. Lay pay, you know, drop eight into coverage. This goes yes. back to the notion, just let him stand back there and force him to either force a throw in or run. Yeah, I mean, I think it was at Cincinnati in the title game, they went with kind of had a, you know, not only a three defensive linemen, but they kind of had a little spy going on as well. Like, I think it's not just, you know, force him to run, but also, like, they're going to want an answer pretty quick. Yeah. How his mobility is. Like, if you're talking about Cincinnati, you know, they're always going to bring pressure, but. Don't you, you want to test that ankle your, yourself if you're sensey. So you're going to probably try to get after him early. Find out how, how good is this ankle and is also something that does it deteriorate as the game goes on, right? I'm assuming before the game, he'll have some stuff to make sure he's not feeling any pain or anything like that. That, ta- that ankle is going to be taped up super well. Uh, but as the game goes on or if, as we've said, if somebody you know lands on it a little bit again or as he's tackled, does he tweak it? All, all that kind of stuff will be a huge concern. Uh, you know, the Chiefs haven't 100% said he's playing, but every indication yesterday, based on the comments from Andy Reid, um, it would be almost, you know, hard hard to fathom him not playing on uh, on Sunday. It is. I, I don't know, because the line movement always concerns me. Like, the, maybe the ankle's a little stiffer than they thought it was going to be two days later or whatever. Luckily, but today's Tuesday, you know what I mean? So like, he's going to play. Like, I don't know to what extent his, you know, his injury is going to bother him on that day. But it's he's going to play. I'd be stunned at this point, wouldn't you? Stunned. Yes. If he didn't play. Like, if it's a Chad Henney game against Cincinnati, oh, okay. now, I don't think they can win that game. <laughs> yeah, that's a... To be clear. Um, yeah. Well, the, I saw more of this happening over the weekend, like during the game on Saturday, which was, well, if there's any if there's any risk of, like, long-term damage to Mahomes' ankle, you have to pull him here. we got to stop doing this. We've got to stop doing this with like, well, you know, if there's any chance of his leg needing to be amputated after the game, then I don't think they should. Play. We get it. It's a high ankle. High ankle we get spray, it. We don't want to destroy this guy's career based off one game. I think we're all in agreement here. I feel like there's a lot of straw man arguments whenever Mahomes gets nicked up. Like he's, it's he's going to play if he's an AFC title game. It's an AFC title game. Let's say the worst case scenario is he could end up needing off-season ankle surgery. Okay. Um, so it's the AFC title game and the championship, and he can heal from that in the next nine months. So yeah. I'm fine. I don't like, I don't know how to, it's like, to I know it's not um, my body, but I'm good you here. You can't keep saving a guy for this yeah. hypothetical scenario when it's all on the line. Like that this scenario, is the scenario is here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and again, I, like you said, I think it's such a small amount of people that are even like thinking that way about it i think most people understand kind of where they're where they're at and out of all players too that are pushing the you know he didn't want to go get an x-ray right. in the middle of the game right 
Uh, we'll hear again from Andy, uh, what, tomorrow, right, Cody? I think tomorrow is tomorrow Wednesday. Yeah, I think we'll hear again yeah, tomorrow. F- from Andy tomorrow and, and see if there's any, you know, I don't know how much of an update, honestly. Really, guys, tomorrow you what know. you care for is like 3 o'clock when they list the practice report. But I'll be honest, Cody. Is I don't he need limited him, participant, full practicing. participant, or no participant? I don't need him practicing tomorrow. Like, that's fine. I I'd like to see LP, limited okay. participant. Okay. I'd like to see that, like, he got on the field. Okay. You know, he, he got a stretch in, whatever. Okay. LP, you know. You know. Just some version of that would feel good. I don't need to see full participant, but some version of the in-between would be nice. LP? Uh, for, hey, for anybody listening at home who's not familiar with what LP means, limited participant on the official you, injury Nick. report. I appreciate that, Nick. Why are you looking at me like that, Cody? I don't know. You were just staring bullets through me like you were about to eviscerate me. No, I actually thought we were going to get ready to do notes. So we are we, we are getting ready to are. do notes, but so I like to ease into it sometimes. The, entire, the last nine texts on the text line are all just F- Carl Cheffers, Carl Cheffers, bleep how <laughs> the NFL's rig. Carl Cheffers ref the Super Bowl. Carl Cheffers, you know, like all kinds of stuff. It's just a mess right now. Write something down. Nick's notable Guys, have we, uh, have we at least entertained the idea of maybe killing Carl Sheffers with whoa, kindness? Wait, let whoa, me finish. Whoa, let me whoa. finish. God, dude. <laughs> killing him with kindness. Okay, we've been eviscerating him ever since that Raiders game. Maybe we should take a different approach. If we're super nice to him, you know, like maybe holding up some signs. We love we're you, past, Carl. We're past that. Picking up his tab on There's no foul on the play for blocking the back. It's too late, dude. He's not, not going to believe us. But the boos aren't working. So maybe we'd be really nice to him and he'll say, you know what? Let me reward this really classy crowd here in Kansas City. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't here the okay. the day after the game. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that up there. Did anyone else think that he has a personal vendetta, or is it just me? No, I think the no, Kelsey. He's I just think probably the Kelsey, not good at what he does. I think the Kelsey <laughs> comments. I do think there. I mean, it still is a human being, and when Kelsey makes comments saying you can't even be a Footlocker referee or whatever it was years like that's something that you don't forget about, and they can claim they're unbiased and all that, but they're still humans. So I I, I don't I don't buy that there's not some bias there. That's all. Go, but yesterday. he continues to grade out well. Like other people must think he's doing a good job. You don't just accidentally get a Super Bowl assi- a Super Bowl assignment. So yesterday you had mentioned in conversation that Sheffers is a is a ref that does blow his whistle a lot. They kind of muddy these games. Yeah, up. a lot of the games go under because of that because so, it hurts the it usually hurts the better team in that those will, instances. Will a will a referee assignment actually change the line of a game? It changed how people is willing to bet. I don't know about the line itself, but how pe- people's reasoning for betting a certain way. I, the the totals are the biggest part. Carl Sheffers, I think totals in, in games he officiates in the playoffs are like ten and one towards the under. He just if you're a good offense and you're the favorite in games that he's officiating, it hurts you more than the opponent, which is why it seems like it's hurt the Chiefs more because usually they They're are the them. favorite and they obviously are usually yep. the best offense on the field. So this weekend's game, as you guys mentioned earlier, the Chiefs opened as two-point favorites, now all the way down to, I believe, one-and-a-half-point underdogs. We see lines swing a lot, but this feels like it was a pretty quick swing. I mean, 24 hours it went from the Chiefs being favorites to the Chiefs being underdogs. Is that even quicker than normal? Oh, yeah. No, this this isn't like, quote-unquote, normal line movement. I mean, definitely we, we have swings that happen. It's just we're dealing with an injury as well, right? That's yeah. that's part of it. And, and they just the, watched Cincinnati exactly. beat Buffalo's ass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now this is going to be the if, – if it holds, it will be the second time that Mahomes has been a home underdog. The first time was actually earlier this year against the Bills, which, as we know, the Chiefs lost that game. So there's not a lot of precedent here for how Mahomes is going to handle being the underdog. We joke about it a lot. 
but it feels like every single sign is pointing towards the Chiefs actually being able to use the nobody believes in us card because of how much smack the Bengals are talking. The Bengals are now, I feel like, superseding the Bills as the shiny new toy that everybody wants to make the flavor of the month. Everybody wants to make the, oh, it's their turn. It's their time to shine, even though they went to the Super Bowl a year ago. Yeah. Now being actual, literal underdogs I love at it. home. I like it, man. I mean, this feels like I, the prototypical Mahomes-motivated yeah. FU game. I, I love it. And also, like, number-wise, in the if you just want to, like, have some numbers to make you feel better, you know, we all, we all kind of want something to make you feel better about the situation that they're in. Well, in the past 10 postseasons, road favorites, which is what Cincy is now, are just 3-8-2 and two against the spread. And that's exactly what Cincy is right now. When you're talking about a spread of two points, that's really difference between winning the game and losing the game, not Mm -hmm. just covering it if it's seven or eight points and you were a road favorite and just ended up in a game that was slightly different. I don't know how much like we think of we we think of the term underdogs in literal sense, like you are underdogs, you are the Vegas underdogs. When it comes to players, when it comes to Mahomes, I don't think he really cares about what the Vegas line is. I think guys like him, he is a millennial. They pay more attention to what people are saying, what other teams yeah. are saying, what other players are saying, what talking heads on TV may be saying. Dan Orlovsky, the uh, ESPN yeah, they, personality. They, care, they definitely care what people are saying. I'm sure that clip of Cody is going to get right back to Andy Reid. I'm oh, sure yeah. they're just going to play it. that. I mean, I hope they lose to Cincinnati oh, now. I, mean, I think he actually, was going to play the Orlovsky clip. That but, was that's act, fine. but you know what, though? This, that one is worse than the one I'm about to play. And I think that that's great of you, Cody, to motivate the Chiefs. If even just to spite you, they're going to go out and play that much harder to win this game. Here's Dan Orlovsky, ESPN personality, get up on ESPN yesterday talking about Joe Burrow in relation to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, needs no introduction. Just give it a listen. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in football. Mm. Okay. Now, let me be very clear with what I'm saying, okay? Chiefs fans. Patrick Mahomes, best player. He's the most talented player in the NFL, and he's the most dynamic weapon. Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in football. When it comes to quarterbacking, when it comes to understanding play calls, when it comes to understanding what you have to do with the football, when it comes to understanding what the defense is, when it comes to understanding pocket manipulation, when it comes to timing and rhythm and accuracy and ball play, uh, Joe Burrow's the best. Mm -hmm. He's the standard right now. The, The consistency with what Joe does, and the way I'll say it is this, the fascinating part is all the stuff that... Patrick, Josh Allen, Lamar, yeah. Jalen Hurts do. Guys, you can't do that stuff. That They're outliers when it comes to so much of their stuff. All the stuff that Joe does, you can, but he's the only one who does. Mm. <laughs> That's the thing that fascinates me about Joe Burrow. I don't feel like he said anything there. Am I wrong? What does that mean? What does any of that mean? That is the most word salad thing anyone's ever said on television. By the way, don't trust anybody. This is why you shouldn't trust Dan Orlowski. He suggested this week putting cucumbers in your tacos. So there's no <laughs> way I trust his opinion at all on anything from that moment forward. I thought we decided yesterday we weren't going to food shame people here, unless it's gold. Carrington, by the way, early this morning was in the building. He uh, had the exact same opinion about the jalapeno chips as I did, just so you guys know. Well, yeah, yeah, but Carrington doesn't have a lifetime of questionable food takes in the oh, bank. You to, guys don't. You guys aren't doing a show with him. You don't. He doesn't have a chance every day to to explain his food takes. Put him in a bad spot. He didn't. He said he doesn't want the jalapeno chips either. But you don't want any kind of chip. No, I, no well, that's not no, true. That's not true. He eats chips every day. Plain, original, barbecue. He doesn't. You don't ruffles. like. You don't like flavored chips. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's yeah. Fla- salt is a flavor. 
Okay, N- I don't think it is actually. Oh, it is. <laughs> think... It is absolutely. Do you? I ever... don't think it's a flavor. Salt. Salt. Salt is, is salt. Is part of a flavor profile at times. It is part of a flavor profile uh-huh. the same way that sweet is a flavor. Yeah. But you don't sweet think is not a, a flavor. Um, you know, savory is not a flavor. Mm. Sour is not a flavor. Is it a description that flavors have? Mm. They are tastes. Which means that there which means there is a flavor there. You know that your tongue can your tongue can interpret four different tastes. Salty, savory, sweet, and sour. That those aren't flavors though. So taste buds. Flavors. And that concludes um, tongue anatomy with Nick Schwartz. Thank you. On Cody Thank you. A new part of Nick's notable notes. Our food coverage and NFL playoff coverage is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Up next, though, I don't think one individual will be talking much this week, but they certainly are in Cincy. Next. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.